Hello, today is September 20th. This is episode 29 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. Today, I want to talk about the computing platforms that I have come to, I I say grow up with, um, that I've come to use on a regular basis and what I like about them. And I I specifically today want to focus on Windows. Um, I'm not sure if it's just the podcast sphere that I run in, the the technology kind of Apple-y ecosystem of podcasts, but um, it seems to me like a lot of the people that I follow on social media or hear about or read about or listen to on podcasts, um, they love the Mac, they love Macintosh, and they really don't like Windows. And they always talk about how it's because of, it's it's based on functionality and design. And I I guess I just feel differently than that. And I've been using Windows mostly since Windows 95, since like basically when I was playing DOS games as a around 10 year old. And does that timeline check out? Yeah, I think so. That would be 98. Um, so I've been using Windows for more than 20 years. And so I'm, I would say I'm basically an expert on every single in and out of Windows. I'm not saying I understand everything perfectly. And there's a lot like to do with development for Windows that I don't know, but actually using it, I think I understand it better than almost anybody alive, potentially like in the top 1% for sure in terms of how much I understand and have used Windows. And I have a Mac laptop, so it's not like I'm I'm never seen this world. Um, it's it, for a long time when I, well, for a long time when I didn't have a desktop at all, um, that was all I used because my computer, my desktop computer was packed away when we had a kid in 2018. And so I had, anytime I wanted to use an actual computer that wasn't just a, a mobile device or an iPad, I was using Mac for that like year and a bit. Um, it's not that I don't like the Mac because I, I do like it. And it's not it's not that I would never consider a Mac. It's just that for for my purposes, Windows is is it does everything I need. And you can find a way to do it that is pretty much exactly what you want. And I think almost the only thing I would say is that it's harder to find indie applications, independently designed and produced applications on Windows that are as well designed as the Mac. And that's mostly just because Windows, um, Windows Mac development, I get, or Windows, sorry, not Mac development, Windows app development before the Windows store was or is um, like very hit and miss. And a lot of apps that were designed 10 or 15 years ago still look exactly the same because they've never been forced to upgrade and Windows um, say what you will about it as a platform, but it will it will prioritize backwards compatibility to a fault. And like <laughs> there are technologies that have stopped being developed 20 years ago that are still perfectly fully supported on Windows because it's an enterprise product. It's, it's something that companies want to buy and rely on for decades without any changes. Uh, again, for better or for worse, for worse. Um, and so th- you end up with this thing like Windows itself has these really hyper modern design functions and features. And then if you look behind the scenes, you can still find bits and pieces that are hilariously old. Like 
there's a brand new control panel in Windows 10. Um, but if you still go back and search control panel, you can still find the old control panel. They didn't take it out. They just added on top. And not all of the features that are in the old control panel um, made it to the new one. And not all the features from the new control panel got backported into the old one. It's it's kind of hilariously a mess. But like I said, um, it's it's got everything I need in it. And I know having having been on this thing for 20 years, I know what is where. And I know mostly to rely on search at this point to know because some settings you can change in from both places. And so you kind of need to just trust search and know that there is probably functionality to change something or anything you need. And so, yeah, if I had to pick, I've, I've never actually owned a Macintosh desktop computer. Like I've never owned an iMac or anything or a Mac mini or anything like that. Um, mostly because at the time that I was looking to get something, the two desktop computers that I've bought myself and owned, um, they've both ended up being windows because when I was looking at what a Mac would cost just for the computer itself, um, it just wasn't very much for the cost compared to what I would get with a windows computer. And it's not like, I don't dislike windows. So there was no, there's nothing really pushing me to say, oh man, I need to spend a little bit more to get a Mac because it didn't make any sense. I wanted something that was more powerful and something that I was even more comfortable with. And so I was much more comfortable on Windows. And so it never even made sense to try a desktop Mac computer. And um, there, yeah, there's a lot of talk because both platforms, I would say now, especially with the Windows Store, um, both platforms have pretty active development on them. Most like there's there's lots of new things coming out and the one thing that i would say actually kind of about both is that while there are always new applications and programs coming out um there's definitely a a lack of interest in the general population like from both platforms to want to pay for any any application any functionality and i find this like this has been discussed before but i find it really weird that nobody wants to pay anything for software. Everyone's like, okay, what can I get for free? Um, for example, one of the things that I have that I have been looking for when I was thinking about trying to um, optimize my um, the audio for my computer, which is one of the reasons that I um, like I once I did that, I ended up starting this podcast. Um, is that I wanted to be able to really control, really nail down um, what inputs what audio inputs are coming into my computer and then what audio inputs are going out and so there's an there's an application on the mac called audio hijack which i've never used because it's very expensive and i've never if i had a mac desktop that's the, i would have just probably bought that app because it's so powerful and it's so good but i think it's it might be 50 dollars. and the average person if you're not in technology if you're not like doing a podcast or something or writing it off as a business expense because you need it um, the average person is just not going to buy audio hijack. It's just not going to happen. And, um, so the, the, the same thing is true on windows. There's no, there, there are, um, there are pieces of software that you can buy that are more expensive, but they tend not to be ones that have developed, been developed, um, and put on the windows store. So they haven't, they're not new applications They're They tend to be very old. And like I said, Old applications on Windows tend not to get updated. I'm not saying it never happens, but the odds of a third-party developer that actually updates a program to keep in line with 
the design functionality and all that of um of windows is like it's just not going to happen um i'm trying to think of, of any examples and the only examples i can think of are cross-platform and yeah like all, all the microsoft apps obviously get updated because they're microsoft um yeah it's it's kind of messy out there so it, like one of the reasons that i always look for cross-platform applications uh is that if they are cross-platform if they have mobile versions if they have um desktop if they have desktop versions for windows and the mac it probably means that they are being actively developed and so it's much much more likely that they will be modern and will look modern and feel modern and so the the going back to the audio interface the digital audio interface that i was looking for to control all my audio i ended up settling on a program called voice meter and which is donationware and so technically it is free for for a private enterpriser they basically just say pay what you want because we need if we're going to keep developing this we need money and so this application it's not that it's it it's hyper functional it's super super functional it kind of looks like um i mean it's meant to but it kind of looks like a um digital workstation at like that you find in a recording studio so it's just a bunch of buttons knobs and sliders and you can basically plug quote unquote digitally plug any audio device into it and have any audio device go like connect out of it and it's actually kind of fascinating how um how well designed it is how well put together it is but one of the funny things whenever i use it i'm just like this application is not it's not modern in any way i don't know when it last over underwent a design refresh but it could have easily been 15 or 20 years ago and it probably wasn't it was probably before that but um yeah it's it's kind of uh not that attractive to look at and it's it, like i said hyper functional but if i was looking for something modern in in terms of this it probably wouldn't use the same um kind of metaphor of like a tape deck and an analog audio interface like one that you would is probably digital but um a, a physical um audio interface and so i think it's kind of funny that that that's what they ended up going with um because it is a choice it's a, like it's a bold choice and it does work well like there's a reason that physical ones are built this way but um yeah it's just the, the design is not what i would have personally expected out of kind of what i would consider the best um the best in its class and i was looking actually i was looking last night because i was thinking about this episode and what if there were any alternatives out there that i just missed because somehow i wasn't searching broadly enough and so i started looking and the only other really serious contender that I saw was, um, I forget what it was even called, Total Recorder, I think it was. Um, I just went to the website and I was like, this website is decades old. If this website is new, if this website was built before 2000 or after 2000, I will eat a hat. It, it was just like, there's no way I was buying this because it was just going to look even jankier than this one. And the other thing is that, I mean, I, I guess I didn't look for that long. Like I couldn't find any screenshots of what the app actually looked like. And I'm ready to pay like almost $20 for it. It's not that I wouldn't consider paying $20 to support the development and the developers of a nice looking app and like a nice oh, functional app. But I don't want to get something that that I don't even get to see beforehand and that might just not fit my needs at all. Like I want to see what the functionality is and and not just read about it in paragraphs. And so um that's kind of the state of design in windows apps 
that aren't cross-platform. And it's actually kind of a shame that more independent companies aren't able to be big enough to do cross-platform versions. Like a lot of the apps that I hear these um, Apple podcasters talk about on the Mac are they're like they're nice apps, but they're never, ever, ever, ever going to get ported to Windows because that's just not what the companies do. And it's kind of a shame because like there's a market out there. There's if you can build good software for Windows, people, I think people will come like I'm definitely there. And I know that I'm not I'm not that alone, not that unique, Um, even though like we all like to think we're unique. I know that there are other people that would do that. And um, so honestly, I wish that that Mac developers, people who develop right now currently only for the Mac would consider making a cross platform jump because. From what I'm given to understand, it's not that the languages and submitting the app and all that process can't be that different. And like the the hardest part of programming, at least for me, has always been figuring out what you want the app to be and like doing all the the like almost storyboarding, like figuring out what is going to go where and how it's going to look. And once you've done that, um, the actual language behind the scenes to hook it all together, it kind of writes itself when you're trying to re- put it again in a second language. And like, I'm not saying that's easy, but like, there's a whole other market out there of people. And like the Mac laptop market is not that big. Um, there's just a ton of, ton of potential customers out there for switching to Windows. And yeah, so, so putting all that together, I really do, like, I, I do prefer Windows on the desktop. I really like it a lot. And um, I'm not saying that I'm never going to buy a, a Mac desktop. We'll see what happens. Actually, the, the transition um, of Mac to ARM is, is something that's really interesting to me. So maybe who knows if, if they, if prices come down or, or processing capacity go way up when, when windows, um, sorry, when Mac transitions to ARM, um, I will absolutely consider, uh, getting a, I will absolutely consider getting Mac desktop, but I suspect based on the last like decade and a half of Mac, um, stuff that I've seen on the desktop, I suspect that a windows laptop is going to continue to fulfill my needs perfectly and better than uh, a Mac will. And so I'm probably going to stay, but yeah, I'm, I'm open to being convinced. And so I think I'm going to leave this episode here for now, but thank you very much for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.